to Help Me Rhonda with Rhonda Hale. I am your host, Rhonda Hale. I'm very, very happy you're here. I hope you had a good week. I hope that um, you did whatever the fuck you wanted to do and made some fun time for yourself. Or if it was a work week or a working weekend, I hope you knocked it out of the park. Um... All weekend long, I was kind of thinking about how, what, what are we going to discuss on this podcast? Because I knew today was going to be the day I set aside to talk with you guys. And I've got these stacks and stacks of experiences, of course. I write down, like I showed you before, on my uh, invoices. If you're on YouTube, you can see me holding up all these old school invoices. And like I write down what work I need to do on the dress. But then if the bride is in some way noteworthy, like amazing, has a cool love story, did something really weird or has a crazy thing that happened to her, whatever, noteworthy, I'll write at the top, like this one here. I don't know, I'm gonna try to hide her name there, but um, on this one, I always write in red and I get a red star. Anyway, I was thinking what, I've got like six different invoices that I know I could feature on this one. And then last night, I got this call from a bride. First, she emailed me on using the form on my website and sent in an inquiry to get some pricing. She bought this dress and She bought a Berta, and some of you don't know what a Berta is, and I know that I have mentioned the name Berta, B-E-R-T-A, which is a very reputable higher-end designer. It's an Israeli designer, just beautiful stuff. In general, anywhere from seven to $10,000 is average for a Berta. And she called me very uh, nervous because, um, Okay, so it's the first week in November, and her wedding is in the middle of January, and it's exactly the right time. She's she's contacting me in exactly the right time, and it's be definitely like almost like we need to really pay attention and get started on it right away because November is Thanksgiving and family stuff, so the last week of November is kind of shot, you know, and then in December, there's going to be holiday stuff with your family, um, you know, all that regular family celebration, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, all of those things come up, family get-togethers, you know, friendship get-togethers, that sort of stuff, and so... November and December kind of like they evaporate so fast. So if you have a January wedding, dude, you better get on it and get your head straight and figure out what you need to do. So she bought this Berta and uh, it was from a sample sale. So she might have gotten a great price on it. And beautiful dress. I was looking at the pictures. The pictures were very explanatory. You could see where the problem was. It was 
a dress that had a fuller skirt and through the bodice it was like a deep plunge in the front but it had a beautiful scoop in the back the waist you could see was extremely extremely too small for her when I talked to her on the phone I said uh, what size is the dress and what size are you she said the dress supposedly measured to have a 25 inch waist and she feels that hers is about um, 28 inches uh, around. I'm a pretty good eye. I've been doing this for a long time and just looking at her pictures, she's not a 28 inch waist. She's probably 30. And um, the fabric was a, a light, airy kind of tulle fabric and you know if you really that that's the kind of fabric that if it has a little give to it it'll stretch some so it, it was definitely to capacity um and wrapped around her really 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 tight and in the low part of the back her flesh was kind of oozing out over it like literally overflowing out of it a lot of girls joke about they don't want to have back fat um in this case, like it was spilling out of the dress. So it was clearly on super, super tight and it needed to be made larger. Since the dress from the waist up was very sheer and it was just strategically placed lace and mostly you could see through the um, textile very clearly, you could see that there were no seams to let anything out. And I just took a drink of um, my truly hard seltzer. Lime flavor today. Thank you, Julia, for providing my adult beverage today. I could see what I would have to do. Um, I have mentioned this before. I am not a seamstress. A lot of people do not know the difference between a seamstress and a tailor. I am a tailor, but I'm not just a tailor. I'm a European style couture tailor. And that means that I'm magical, bitch. That's what that means. Um, it means that when you have a dress like hers that doesn't maybe have any seams for anything to be let out, I can do, the easiest way that I can possibly describe this is like doing a skin graft. Because her skirt was so full and so much excess of, of textile was in her skirt, I would be able to take um, slivers and areas from like inside of her seam allowances or even take in the seams a little bit more so that I could have a little bit of fabric. And I figured I, I probably needed to add about four inches to the waist and then up the rib cage area. I would probably need to add a little bit in there too. Also, when she had it zipped up, her shoulders were like scrunched down. She was like trying to squeeze herself into it. So she said that she could attach the waist, but then in order to put her shoulders in, she would have to thread her arms through the holes and then slip it up. And it was like kind of bearing down on her, pulling down on the shoulders. So I was gonna have to add some length to the shoulders and I can understand that obviously she's really concerned 
She just spent a lot of money on a dress that doesn't fucking fit her. And it's not like when you have a dress that's too big that can be made smaller, making something bigger is a little more complicated. But by looking at the images, I knew that I could do it. And without, there's not just um, making something bigger or making something fit. You can modify the style many times to add size um, and, you know, expand the dress. But in this case, because of how the dress was made, I knew that I would be able to magically expand the size of the dress and give her about a size and a half to two sizes more just undetectably. I, what I would do, I even explained this to her. She's like, how would you do that? How do you even know? I mean, where would you add the fabric? Because she's thinking I would add a patch of fabric somewhere and then it would alter how the dress looked and modify the original design concept. And I said, um, well, I, I mean, literally, you're asking me about brain surgery here. I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to break down every fucking detail of how I do this because not a lot of people are alive today who are European couture bridal tailors, which is pretty much the top of the food chain in tailoring. And a lot of people would like to know how to do it. And I'm not here to tell everybody how to do it. Um, that's my skill. I have been working at it for many years. I am almost 53 years old and it's my living. And so no, I'm not gonna give you freebies on how to fix your dress or teach other people how to improve their skill to fix it in European couture tailoring. Um, that's, that's not what I'm interested in doing at this point in my life. Maybe later I'll open a school or something. But right now, I don't do that. So I just told her, I said, well, I can't really explain to you because it's extremely complex of how it's done. But I can tell you that the design concept, the appearance of your dress will look exactly the same. You will not notice that anything has changed, yet the dress is going to fit you the way it was intended and will flattering, be flattering to your body and it will not be uncomfortable. It'll be a comfortable flattering fit and will follow the shape of your curves. She said, well, I don't know how you're, how can you even say that? I need to know exactly how you're going to do it. And I just told her, I said, um, have, have you stalked me a little bit? Have you gone online and, and done some stalking? And she said, well, I was referred to you. And she told me the name of the bride who referred her to me. So that was one thing. And I said, well, you know, your friend was kind enough to refer you to me. And she was obviously a happy bride, but... I mean, I can understand that's only one bride. I have many, many brides. Why don't you go online and look at some of my reviews? She said, well, I've been to your Instagram and I saw your images, I saw your pictures and I like what I saw. And I said, well, pictures can be tweaked. People, sometimes people alter pictures. I don't, but I even seeing somebody's work, you really can't even tell if what they're doing is good. There's camera angles. For God's sakes, if you're watching me on YouTube right now, I look so fucking skinny and amazing. And actually, I have my, tam my camera tilted, so I look thinner, okay? You can do tricks with the camera, all right? And in my case, I don't tweak or change any of the pictures I put online for the wedding dresses and the works that I do on there on my Instagram, but other people do. And it's, it's a little tricky. So, um, 
I told her, hey, why don't you head over to my Yelp page, uh, look me up, Bridal Alterations by Bridal MD in West Hollywood. I said, why don't you look me up there? She goes, <laughs> I don't care what your reviews say on Yelp. I said, well, my reviews are unlike any other place. If you go online and you look at my reviews, you will find that mine are exceptional. And it's because I've had amazing brides and I do work alone. I'm a master tailor. Nobody else does my work with me. My daughter helps me with organizing like the appointments and greeting clients that come in or she helps me with bookkeeping and that sort of thing. But as far as hands-on doing the tailoring on your wedding dress, I'm the only one touching it. And um, if you're a control freak, I am your girl. I'm the right person. So I would suggest you read some of those stories because some of, they're very, very unique. These are like, if you read my reviews on Yelp, these people, I mean, they give like, oh my God, if I'm having a bad day, I read my reviews. They just pick me up and renew my faith in myself and move forward. Like, okay, you know, you forget where you've been and they're wonderful. She says to me, if you can, if you get a bad review, you can pay to have it removed. I know that for a fact. And I said to her, actually, no, you cannot. Yelp does not, I don't care if you pay, can want to pay Yelp money, they're not going to um, remove anything. They won't do that, it's against their policy. She said, well, I know for a fact that you can. And I go, well, I know for a fact that you can't. And she said, <laughs> I'm an attorney and I know that you can, uh, she started explaining how you can get somebody who might be unhappy with your service and offer to pay them money and have them sign some kind of non-disclosure agreement and then they have to take the, then they, in, in I guess in the agreement, if you pay them the money and they accept the money and they sign the paper that they take down the review and they're not allowed to say anything bad about you online. And I just told her, I said, well, I first of all don't have the money or desire to do that and it also breaks Yelp's policies. You cannot pay people for reviews or pay people to keep reviews off. It's clearly stated in their rules of conduct and they'll shut your fucking page down and no, I don't wanna run my business like that. I would prefer that all my feedback is accurate. And I said, I even have a few bad reviews on there and I just responded honestly back to the customer. It's nothing I can do if the lady's a nutcase. Some people, you cannot make them happy. And um, so I said, let's, let's just do this. Why don't you, I said, I know I can fix your dress. There's no question. And I ended up giving her pricing right away and she agreed to it immediately. She goes, well, the pricing's fine. I don't care about the pricing. What I'm worried about is, uh, how you're going to be doing it and how can you tell by just a photograph that you can do this and I said to her I've been doing this for over 30 years so it's what I do I've been doing it for so long I know what I'm doing I can see in a picture what it looks like if I feel like I need to see it in person which is so uncommon and so rare I would tell you that I've your dress is not something that is frightening to me. I know I can fix it and I know it will look wonderful. And then, you know what this girl says to me? 
she tells me that uh, she's an attorney and this is an expensive dress and that basically if I, at the end of the alterations, if she's not completely 100% satisfied herself with the completed project, that she's gonna sue me for the cost of the dress. Oh my God. I haven't even agreed to see the lady. I told her, I explained to her beforehand, 30% of my business is from Manhattan, New York. Brides who know what they want, who have very discerning taste, high standards for quality, fly to me from Manhattan over here two times, sometimes three times, just for me to work on their dress. 30% of my business. And then I get another 10, 15% from other parts of the United States. I've got, oh my God, like 150 reviews. I don't know how many reviews I have. And I have like three or something that are bad. And one, poor thing, she's going to definitely be one of my podcast uh, people that I talk about. She just had some, like she had serious problems, uh, some issues. And another one, I didn't even see her. I never even met her. Two people actually left me reviews because they're nutcases. And they called me for a quote on the phone. I gave them a quote and they left me a bad review. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a nice person. I'm not mean on the phone to people. Um, and they're obviously wound up in their wedding drama and they're just like got guns of Navarone like blowing off at everybody. Um, so I kind of feel like those very, very light sprinkling of bad reviews that I have almost make me look better and make me look more realistic and put things into perspective because you can see the cuckoo. You can actually see the crazy on the ones that have left because they've left these mile long review and you can see, oh boy, yeah, she didn't take her medication or she needs some or it needs to be changed or something's going on there. Um, so that isn't a big deal. I told her, listen, um, what I do, I take very, very seriously. I am highly respected in this industry. I am very, very good at what I do. I have extremely happy customers and I do have a requirement, which is you have to be 100% Team Rhonda. When you speak to me, if you do not feel a tremendous release of anxiety, if you do not feel like, oh my God, I'm so glad I found you. I'm so happy I found you. I'm so glad you get to work on my dress. I was so worried. I talked to a few other people and I just know I'm in good hands. I, I'm so happy. Thank you so much for taking my dress. If that's not you, then you're not my bride and I don't need to take you. I'm just, I'm not going to take you. And she's like, well, how can anybody, da 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 she started just going off on me. And I said, you know what, even though I told you before I make an appointment with you to please read my reviews on Yelp, because I knew that if she read my reviews on Yelp, she would definitely have a renewed sense of confidence in my ability, because these are real life brides. Their scenarios are ones that are unduplicated. Each and every one of them are unique to that actual person who had an experience working with me, Rhonda Hale. And I know that if you read those reviews, you'll be like, oh, okay. 
all right, it's going to be fine. And trust me, I'm, I'm the surgeon here. I know what I'm doing. And if you don't have trust in me and, and you're not, and you're still freaking out on me, I'm not going to take you. And I told her that. And she goes, well, I don't know how I couldn't be nervous. This is a very big deal. I go, then unfortunately I can't take you as a client. Wow. It got pretty quiet after that. And, um, she says to me, wait, what, what are you talking about? Can't I just come in? I mean, I'll pay a deposit, even if it's not refundable, it's okay. But I want you to see it in person. I said, no, I don't have time to take brides who are not on board. So if you make an appointment to see me, it's because you know, I am working on your dress. I have way too many people waiting to see me way too many people who have plane tickets waiting that they've bought in advance to see me that I can't have somebody come and you giving me a hundred dollar or $200 deposit that could be non-refundable just to have me come in here and say the same thing I'm telling you on the phone right now. I don't have time for that. I'd rather sit here by myself and meditate or read a book. I, I don't, I don't need that. So she said, well, I, this is, and I just said, Hey, I'm sorry. I am just not going to be able to accept you as a client. I am so sorry. I wish you the best of luck. And, um, you know, I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you so much for calling and have a great evening. And I hung up with her and that was at 10 30 at night last night. What the fuck? Then, like literally minutes, maybe two, three minutes later, my bride who referred her to me starts texting me, apologizing and saying, Oh my God, Rhonda, I sent my friend to you and she's getting married. And she said, who did I go with? And this bride, I did two wedding dresses. She had uh, her first dress for the ceremony and the second one for the reception. Pretty common and very happy. And she goes, I sent her, I told her you're the best and to not worry that you've got this under control. You can do it. And she just texted me right now. And her first part of her text was, I think I really fucked up. And so my bride texted her back and said, yeah, you did fuck up because there's no apology. Now she'll never take you. And she, I won't, there's no way. I mean, she's, she's what I call a train wreck. She is, she is definitely bridezilla level, major bridezilla level. Okay. So that leads me to another bridezilla. Um, she came to me, where is she at? This beautiful girl. here. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So this girl, you know, I, I know, you know this about me. I have spidey sense. You know what? You have spidey sense too. You know when something's off, you know, when somebody's trying to sell you something, whether it's their personality, they're trying to sell you an image of who they are, and you know that shit ain't real. So we all have that. And the more that you allow yourself to trust that feeling, in my personal opinion, 
that's your spirit guides talking to you. And I know this is probably where I'll start losing people, but the fact is we all have them. Whether it's somebody who passed away who was in your life or whether it's someone that's assigned to you, we all have spirit guides. We all have little angels around us who are guiding us and keeping us on track for our best life experience. And this girl here, we'll call her, we'll call her Andy. That's a combination of a few letters in her first and last name. So Andy uh, got a hold of me last year in May and I could tell just from the moment that I picked up the phone and said, hi, this is Rhonda with Bridal MD. How can I help you? I knew from that moment when she opened her mouth and started speaking, I could feel what I can only describe as a wash of deep anxiety. It was like this, you know, have you ever had that feeling in your stomach when you are dreading like having a tooth pulled or you're dreading traffic court or some, some horrible thing? I get this. It's kind of a, a foreboding. It's this premonition sort of feeling, and I know there's a nutcase on the other line of the phone. Now, I understand everybody, myself including, we have good days and bad days, and we have things that kind of freak us out sometimes, and we might be more high-strung at sometimes the other. I'm not talking about that. I am not talking about that. I'm talking about your energy. I can feel it just of who you are, just the crust of who you are as a human being, how you vibrate, how you respond and react to situations. I can usually sense that in a person. Um, it's, it's, it's weird, but I can do that. So I pick up the phone in May and I'm, ha ha ha, yeah, yeah, how can I help you? And she says, okay, I have uh, my mom's wedding veil and it's from the 80s. Is there any way that you can, in the 80s, a lot of times they had this crown thing underneath the veil that had like a, had a structure to it that built it up above the head uh, in sort of a renaissance-y sort of feeling. She wanted to know if I could remove that and reshape and attach it to a bridal comb to put in her hair. She didn't want to use it for her wedding that wasn't coming yet, but it was, she was headed out to a, um, her bachelorette weekend and she kind of wanted to wear that and have some pictures in it. I said, of course, no problem. But I could tell on the phone that she was, um, you know, man, I, there are just sometimes, you know, that somebody has a, a proponent for being a bit of the pain in the ass. They, they, they have something about them that you know they're either going to be very, very difficult to please or they don't even know what... A lot of times when people are difficult to please in this industry, it's because um, naturally, inherently as a person, they're a very nervous and indecisive type of person. Or a lot of times those people have a very low or poor 
body image and they can just be as gorgeous as oh my god they could stop traffic they're so beautiful but for some reason they have a bad body image and they don't like how they look they don't like the shape of their body in some way and you can't make somebody you can't make a dress fit someone perfectly and make them like it they either like themselves or not and putting a dress on them isn't going to change their body image it just doesn't so those people i can usually sense them that there's going to be sadly some low self-esteem there and also there are those that are just very 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 indecisive and they maybe now don't even know like they're the kind of person who has a a lot of anxiety with just basic decision making should we eat here or should we eat here what time would you like to go what shade do you want to pick for nail polish i mean down to those 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 basic decisions some people just have a horrible horrible time making those decisions well andy um, I could sense and feel all this whoosh of like download, this information download of just kind of her personality. And I thought, well, all I'm doing, Rhonda, chill out. All we're doing is removing this crown thing from it and um, hand sewing it onto a comb. And so I thought, well, she seems... Um, it should be in and out you know it's not like it's a wedding dress so I can I can do this so I quoted her the price and she's like okay no problem and she needed it in like three days which it wasn't that big of a deal and, and I told her you need to bring it in today so she did she brought it in immediately and um, dropped it off to me and I said okay no problem so I had it ready for her the I think it was the very next day that I had it ready and she came and picked it up and she was like wow this looks really great this is amazing she was very happy and she says um I've ordered my dress it's not in yet it should be in in like two to three months and my wedding is in I think her wedding was going to be in October or something not really sure September October and I would love for you to do my dress and I said oh okay well and i'm thinking in my mind holy fuck i should have just said no but then she would have called me anyway again for pricing on the wedding dress and i said okay um why don't we have first wait till your dress comes in as soon as you pick it up i want you to go in the bridal salon as soon as it comes in don't just pick up your dress i want you to try it on and if it's loose please have them clip it and i want to see pictures of where it's clipped so i can see how much is being clipped and you know basically what type of dress you're dealing with here and then i'll give you pricing and we can go forward from there and she's like oh thank you so much all right okay have fun on your bachelorette bye bye andy da 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 da, -da. she leaves Two months later, she calls me and says her dress is in, and I'm basically shitting Twinkies, and I'm thinking, Rhonda, what are you doing, man? You know when your spidey sense is going off, there are certain brides you just should not fucking be dealing with. There are some brides that there's no amount of money. Years ago, what I would do if I got somebody who was a nutcase, I would like double or triple my prices just to make them say no because it'd be so inflated that who's gonna fucking pay that well that backfires all the time 
and I uh, <laughs> thought, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so she sends me pictures of herself in the dress, and I knew from the moment I saw the dress, there's going to be issues because the shape of her body, she's a very, very pretty girl. She's probably about five foot, I don't know, one, five foot two. She is barrel chested. She's very in shape. Like she has no fat on her at all, but she's shorter, petite person. And she's barrel chested. She has a very prominent rib cage and her boobs are not, she doesn't have hardly any boobies. Um, they're very f kind of flat, pancakey sort of boobs on this barrel. Like, so like if you think, and also she had a shorter neck. So she has this really wide rib cage. If you think of like a little kid when they're small and they get their legs in and they're, and they're like, little chest is really, really big. That's kind of in a way, sort of how she was shaped. And she picks this dress that is like this super sexy form fitting mermaid dress. That's all illusion. Meaning you can see straight through to her skin. There were appliques of flowers on, I think it was a Pronovia's dress. So that again is a very higher, higher end, more expensive dress. And the, the applique was exquisite. It was strategically placed to like barely cover where the boobs were and coming slightly down the hip. The low back was so low, it went down to where her crack was. So her crack was fully exposed. And it was because she's so petite and little and this dress, the way this dress is made, it's, it's proportioned and made for a woman who is at least five, seven, uh, perfect for someone five, nine, because everything's very elongated. And when you have a dress that has no seams across the waist and it's very fitted and it's completely sheer, you're going to have this bulk and excess of fabric collecting between your hip and your waist and your rib cage is going to be all gathering and bunching up in that area because it won't, it won't fall down. You know, it gets kind of uh, like a bottleneck there. And I thought, shit, that's a big fucking mess. I'll, I'm going to have to like basically take apart this dress. Um, a lot of seamstresses, what they will do because they don't have the experience to do the heavier weight like deeper surgery on a dress is their answer is always just take the shoulders up higher, 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 higher. And then the boobs are up here, you know, under your chin and the armpits are cutting into your skin and the whole thing looks ridiculous. So the answer is not when things don't fit you right to take up the shoulders higher and higher and higher. You throw the whole thing off whack. So that definitely was not the answer. And I just knew that what I would have to do is reweave the dress. I'm going to have to like cut this weird, snaky, crazy puzzle piece line that connects between her different appliques and raise the dress up, reattach it, and then replace the appliques to hide where all of the, the joining was done. And I have to do it all by hand. That's going to be a lot of work. So I gave her this quote and it wasn't inflated. 
it was a real quote because I thought, you know, I really felt bad for her. My heart went out to her. I had a lot of compassion on her because I thought, shit, man, to, to have that kind of feature, that's one of, that's a more challenging feature on your body to have a super prominent larger rib cage. I'm just going to, you know, put some karma out there. I'm going to pay it forward and I'm going to help this girl. So we gave her a price and she, I am more expensive than other places, but like I said before, I'm really worth it. I know what I'm doing and I'm not going to just slap the thing together. I'm, I'm going to do it with love and care. And so get, give her the price. She does heart skips a beat a little bit. I think it's, um, probably half of what she spent on her dress. Uh, I think it was like probably 22 to 2,500. I'm not sure. She's like, well, that's a lot, but I love this dress very much. And I just don't think someone else is going to be able to make it fit. And your reviews are good and da, 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 da. So I take her. I have had the dress now for four hours and she's gone. She has started texting me at least three pictures to four pictures an hour and texts of what she wants to do. Now, um, I think she had come at like, I don't know, 5.30 or 6 o'clock. The text kept going to into about 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. I shut off my phone. I woke up the next morning. There were probably 10 or 15 more text messages and she's basically having a mental breakdown. Um, she is melting the fuck down and she's like, I'm just not sure about this part of the dress. And she takes all the pictures that she previously sent me when she took them in there and she's marking them up. You know that markup feature in your iPhone where you can edit and draw pictures and lines and arrows and circles? I am getting bombarded with just these diagrams and arrows and multicolored everything all over the, see this little, and it'd be a tiny little wrinkle of something. And it's a, it's a dress that doesn't fit her. I haven't even done any work on the dress. Let me fucking get started on the dress. Then she tells me that the bottom she's feeling, which is very gauzy and lazy and beautiful, she wants to split apart all of the gores at the bottom of the dress and add an entire huge, huge, huge piece of like pizza shaped tool inserted into each of the gores around her bottom of the dress to make it extra full. And I said, definitely I can make them fuller if you want is going to have a cost as well as me doing the labor. So I gave her what that price would be. And she's like, Oh my God, I don't know. And then she starts telling me she's thinking about relining the dress because she's not sure if she likes it sheer anymore. I haven't had this dress a full 24 hours yet. And she's thinking about redesigning and changing everything. The woman doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. She doesn't even, she said initially that she was in love with the dress. Now she's completely changing her mind about every aspect of the dress. And I know what the problem is. The problem is she has bought the wrong dress for her body. 
this dress in a million years is never, ever, ever going to give her the look or the fit that she wants in her mind because of the shape of her rib cage and how compact everything is. She's not going to look sinewy and long and graceful and elegant, which is what she's trying to do. It's, and so I tell her, you know, I think what you're trying to pull out of this dress isn't going to help you. It's not going to give you the look you want and the look you need because the dress itself on your body isn't, isn't going to create that look. And she's, she starts bawling on the phone. Well, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do. I don't have time to order another dress. This one took nine months to get here. And I told her, listen, why don't you just stick with your regular plan initially, which is make this dress fit you. It's going to look great. And be happy with the dress you picked. You fell in love with the dress to begin with. Why don't you just do that? I don't know. I just, I don't like how my boobs look in it. And I don't even know if it's, if it's too naked looking, if I can, I go, well, we can line the dress. But like I said, you're adding more and more work. So it's, it's, the price is going to get higher and higher. I don't know. I just, okay. I just, okay. I need a price for that. Give me a price for that. And all of this, she starts flipping out more and more and more. I keep getting more texts from her. Oh my fucking God. By three o'clock the next day, I had probably got 20 more text messages from her. All she's doing is melting down and freaking the fuck out. I then just called her back and I said, listen, my heart is aching for you. I know that you're in complete agony, but here's where I'm coming from. You do not know what you want. You do not know that this is even the dress that really you want to get married in. Initially, you said you fell in love with this dress, but from since then, there are so many things that you're trying to change on this dress that it's not even close to the original dress. And still, as you keep changing and changing and changing, you're becoming more and more insecure about features of the dress on your body, and you're concerned about it looking attractive on you. Uh, you don't like your stomach looking fat. You don't like how low it falls in the back. And I said, I could line that part, but you don't like the extra money it costs to line that part. There are just so many things that keep changing and morphing and shifting. And I know my skill set is good. I know that I'm super, super good at what I do. And I know I could make this dress fit you. But the problem is in 24 hours only, I have received so many possible change orders from you that I can't even keep track of them. And there's no way I can help you. I am going to have to release you as a client. And she just fell apart. She had a meltdown. It broke my heart. I cried on the phone with her and I cried. I said, listen, honey, I am so sorry. I, there's nothing I want to do to, that would contribute more stress to you in this process of your wedding. But to be honest with you, there's so much pressure right now on me. There is nothing that I can do to make you happy. Even if a hundred people in a room looked at you and said it looked perfect, you probably wouldn't like it yourself. And these other hundred people don't matter to me. You're the person's opinion that matters. And I know that you really, really don't even know what you want. And I can't work with somebody and make them happy, which is my number one goal, if they don't even know what they want or if they're, you know, not liking their body. And I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to refund your money, which I never do. 
you've paid for my time. You've seriously burned up 24 hours of my time. But I gave her her money back because I felt so damn bad for her. And I drove to her high-rise luxury apartment in West Hollywood and uh, waited out in front, texted her, said I was out there, and her angry fiancé came down and uh, walked up to my car, picked up the dress without one word, and walked, stomped right back into there. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what that was about. I just know that I feel like I was being very gracious to cut her loose that quickly. And that is such a rare thing. It doesn't happen very often. But I have to tell you people out there, not a lot of people understand a, a woman's body shape in accordance with a dress style. There are certain dress styles. There are certain shapes and cuts and designs that are going to flatter and complement your natural figure or enhance what you already have. And uh, there are those one, two percent of people who look good in everything. And God bless you, pick the dress you want and I'll hem it for you. If you're a runway model, probably don't even need to hem it. You're probably ready to rock and roll. That's fine. Um, but most ordinary creatures are gonna need something and your body, you're either gonna be really big busted with really, really soft, mushy, natural boobs or you're gonna have um, a, a tiny, tiny waist and a super, super big curvy hips. And there are certain dresses that are not gonna work for you. So my strongest recommendation is make sure that you get someone who knows about bodies. I wouldn't go to a seamstress. I would find a tailor. I would actually find me. <laughs> I would contact me, Rhonda Hale at bridalmd.com and uh, say, hey, this is my body. These are my features. Don't send me loose t-shirts. Send me yourself in yoga clothes or something. So I can see if you're wearing a loose baggy t-shirt, I don't know if you have a barrel chest. Um, you know, all of those things. And then I can recommend to you, hey, well, what you want to do is stick with this type of body shape or this type of dress shape and just kind of delve into that and see what's going on there. There are certain women who should never have a strapless dress. Never. There are certain women who should never, ever, ever have a dress that's woven. They need to be crepe or it needs to be knit. Uh, there are certain women who should never, ever, ever wear a mermaid. There are certain women who... Wearing a big cupcake, fluffy, huge dress is a super bad idea for you. There's just all different types of dresses that you, that are not for you. And there's that same group that really is awesome for you. So if you want help with that, contact me and I am more than happy to help you. Um, hopefully... It was entertaining, but that is a little bit of a peek into my life and um, chat with you next week. Bye.